I'm gonna I'm gonna try to call you Dre, mm-hmm. even though that's that's just your stage name. Mm-hmm. It's my it's my name, but okay. You is it is just just me and your mom who call you Andre? Oh, there's a couple people who call me Andre as well. My brothers call me Andre too. Okay, well, that's what I call you. Anyways. <laughs> Hello, everybody. My name is Maggie. Welcome to another episode of Mixing It Up with Maggie. Today, we have a really special episode. It is the, we're recording this at the very end of Women's History Month, but I actually wanted to record this earlier, but I think actually, it's actually pretty good that we're doing this at this time, because we just spent a, a whole month talking about feminism and women and women's rights and all this stuff but i'm a big believer in intersectional feminism and he for she and i'm a big component of that is introducing um men into the equation and having them also talk about masculinity and fatherhood and all that stuff because all of it is interconnected in feminism um and we're going to talk a little bit more about that with our guest dre dre what Manning? There we go. Yeah, Dre Manning. King Manning? No, no, no. Don't do that. I don't want <laughs> <laughs> I don't want anybody thinking that I'm trying to be like dominant right now or anything like that. I, I was gonna say something totally different. Okay. Um See, here we go. <laughs> anyways, um Dre, uh tell us a little bit about yourself, like where you're from and, and what you do. Um as far as what I do, you mean like what I do professionally or what I do? Okay. Professionally. So, um, well, my name is Dre Manning. I'm from the west side of the Bronx, Highbridge to be exact. Um, I, I lived there since I was about five years old. Uh, professionally, I'm, I mean, I'm an artist. I'm an artist. I'm a creative. Um, I, also, I also dabble in uh, directing and writing as well. Um, pretty dope at everything I do. Uh, <laughs> I mean, honestly, I mean, if I if I didn't believe in myself enough to if I didn't believe in myself enough, I wouldn't be able to do it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, you got to have some type of honest. Uh, I don't want to say you have you have to have some type of honest clarity of your skill and your skill level and what you're capable of doing. So, you know, when I tell somebody I'm dope, it's not to mean like, oh, that means you ain't shit. It just means like mm-hmm. I, I'm really good at what I do and I believe in myself at this such a high level and such. I mean, you see how I talk. Yeah. <laughs> you know how I talk. I have this high self-esteem when it comes to my creativity. And, you know, even when I tell the people that's, that come around me, um, by the time you walk away from me, you're going to be at a level where no matter what anyone says to you, They'll they'll never ever be able to bring you down because you're gonna be on such a high level that each time they try to chip away from you, you just you just elevate, you glow up. Mm-hmm. You know, there's there's no room for uh, for the weak and the feeble. Were you always like this, or was it because know. you were in this industry and like the the music and and the art in general? Nah, I was. You have to have a thick skin to be. You have to have a yeah. thick skin, but I was insecure as fuck. So I was. Uh, Going under a stage name, I was I was performing under the name Dreamer, and it was just masking who I truly am, 
So as a dreamer, I was like, oh, this conscious rapper, backpacker type of, you know, weird shit. And I wasn't being, like, honest to who I am. Um, the reality of, of it all is Dre is a kid who grew up in the Bronx in a single-parent home, mother who had mental health issues, uh, decided that I was going to turn to the streets, so I started gangbanging. I started selling weed. I uh, never really sold any heavier drugs than marijuana, but when I did sell marijuana, it was, like, pounds on it. Um, not to glorify that, um, but at the same time, you know, this is what made me who I am. So... It took some time. It actually took the birth of my son for me to sit down and go, you know what? I'm done pretending to be somebody else. I just want to be myself. Mm-hmm. And then after his birth, it took it took me realizing that eventually I got to raise him to be a confident, confident boy, confident teenager, than a confident man. Um, and these were things that I was still learning. So as he was growing, I was growing. So for every year he grew, I matured and I understood life. And then I kind of had to look at myself and I'm like, I'm telling him, you can be anything you want to be. and You can be great at whatever it is that you want to be great at, no matter what. But not realizing that I'm talking to myself as well. Like, yo, you can be whatever you want to be and you can be great at whatever you want to be. And nobody can stop you from it. And And how old were you when you became a dad? Because that's that's actually what we... Our main focus today to talk about um, fatherhood, black fatherhood, and specifically. So, when did you become a dad? When, um, it doesn't have to be like, yeah, when I saw my son. Or some people they become a dad at a other. No, no, no. I time. mean, I I became a dad at 25. I was 25, um, and he was coming like a few weeks after that. So I turned 25, and he came like two weeks after that. Mm-hmm. Um, on his birthday Like the day the doctor said he would be born Was the day he came And in that moment I was like I need to be better I need to realize what's worth it What's not worth it What I can accept What I can change And what I need to move on from um, Who I am What I want to be And where I'm going And I just had like this this moment of self-reflection. It didn't help that at the same time. I was living in a basement apartment of a house, so it felt like I was in a cave, right? Mm. Um, I had like cement floors and all that shit. So I felt like I was really in a cave. And but, you know, that that living condition helped me get more clarity on myself and, and what it is that I wanna be for my child. Do I wanna be this dad that just works all the time and he's never spending time with his son? Do I wanna be this dad who's a deadbeat um, but can spend all the time in the world with his son? Um, do I wanna be a deadbeat and don't spend any time with my son? Do I wanna be, you know, like just really, do I wanna teach him that men are like this and they should be this way? Or do I wanna teach him that it's okay to cry and it's okay to hug your mom and hug your dad and kiss your dad and do things like like that um and not teach him saying this is what men do or this is what boys do or you're a boy so you should do this and more so saying like i might say you're a big kid Mm. but i feel like that's something that's uh unisex yeah you know a mother or a father would tell their daughter the same thing like you're a big kid now you can't be crying like this yeah instead of saying you're a big boy so what does that mean big girls don't cry you know what I'm saying? So like it was it was just a matter of learning and understanding the language of what I how I wanted to address him and and his needs and his wants and the things that I want him to do better in. So yeah, at 25 I had to sit down and really think about that. Um but I feel like I become a father every every day. It's weird to say mm-hmm. that because you're you're constantly looking back at your child and going, "Yo, 
I mean, uh, pardon me for saying this on your podcast, but like, yo, you came out of my balls. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, yeah. like <laughs> I can't believe this. Like, you, you were in me just swimming around, waiting for your opportunity, yeah. and here you are. A lot of parents feel like that's like an extra limb, like an- mm-hmm. another, ex- like an extension of yourself. Like, the yeah, kids. he's my heartbeat. Mm. My son is like one of like it's you know you got four chambers in your heart and he's mm. like one of the major chambers in my heart, so um, you know there was a time where I, I for almost like a year I couldn't be with him, you know and it hurt it hurt that was the that was the worst pain I ever felt because I was sad but didn't realize I was sad because I never experienced sadness mm. to that type of level, so I'm like I don't understand what's wrong with me and then one day I said oh shit. I'm sad. <laughs> like, I'm sad as fuck right now. Yeah. Not depressed, but sad. Just flat out sad. And it was, you know, when you miss your... when I know everyone says, like, everyone has this misconception that dads don't really, like, miss their children when they're not around. But we do. <laughs> like, yeah. we do. And then when you go six months with barely seeing your son, it's, it's heart-wrenching. I really wanted to, to do this topic with you because I saw you briefly... <laughs> kind of like in dad mode slash working man mode here in the office mm-hmm. um, when when you had to bring in um, your youngest. Mm-hmm. Um, he, he was a baby at the time. Yeah. And uh, every time I see something like that, it just, it makes me just a little bit sad, I'm going to say, because I, I didn't grow up with my dad. Mm-hmm. So I wonder like what, you, when you don't grow up with a dad, you always think like, what what happened? I, I know that this is not normal because I see that other people grow up with their dad mm-hmm. and their love love them and, and are there for them. And even though they're not, you know, necessarily with their mom, they don't they may divorce the mom, but they don't divorce the kids. Mm-hmm. So um, I that's why I wanted to to, to do this topic with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it, but you know, it's crazy. I've always thought people who grew up with both parents turned out better. Sometimes they still have a shitty situation anyway. No, yeah, that is you know, very true. Um, I, I'm not sure if you were going to ask me a question within that, were you? Well, I was going to say, like, I didn't really, I don't celebrate Father's Day. I, I don't, and I didn't really have, like, a like a father figure. Yeah. Um, but I actually, um, there was a, there's a book called um, To Kill a Mockingbird. All right, I'm familiar. If, yeah. In the book, one of the, the main characters, she has a dad. Um, named Atticus Finch and he was like to me he was the ideal father Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and I wrote my college essay on me wanting to be his kid Mm -hmm. Um, did you have a father figure whether it was a real life or in the media whether it was a book or music Um, or something that you kind of took bits and pieces from it as mm -hmm. you grow up or even now as a dad you Mm -hmm. kind of look towards that um, I think when I was younger, I didn't really look at them as father figures. They was just more like big brothers because I was mm-hmm. the eldest. I was the eldest of my mother's boys. Um, my sister didn't come until I was like 19, so I'm grown. We're not really counting her then, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm the eldest of three, so I'm kind of looking for a big brother. Like my little brothers had brothers to look up, had a brothers to look up to, mm-hmm. you know, uh, the one who's two years younger to me, the one who's seven years younger than me, to my to the one that's right behind me, to the middle brother, and then to me as well. So who was I to look up to, you know? So I've, I've always found myself searching for that person to look up to. So I've had many different... Uh, I've had many different big brothers. 
people that I would go out and play ball with. They come pick me up from my mom's house. We go play ball. Uh, they'll talk to me about girls. They'll talk to me about uh, drugs. They'll talk to me about gangs. Talk to me about an array of different things. Just growing up, maturing. When I was young, I was a crybaby. I used to cry a lot. I mean, you've seen me cry at least twice in mm-hmm. And it's been. No, but my, I feel like those were like the. Jet but those times. was like, yeah, like I'm. But I was talking about like I was crying. Like I just get mad and I cry. Um. Now I just get mad and get mad, but like that's neither here nor there, right? So, um, so I've always had someone that I, I kind of look to as a big brother to help me find guidance. Um, in a sense, could they have been father figures? Who knows? I don't know because these guys were like, if I was nine, it was at least 13, 14. So, okay. you know what I'm saying? Like, but um, I didn't start getting around. And then as I got into high school, I, I started to have more mentors. There was, you know what? There was this one guy, um, Dr. Manning. He happened to have my same last name, oh. right? But he used to say he was my uncle. So, we, he would fuck around with me and say he's my uncle. Um, you know, God bless the dead. He was a cop in Jamaica, came to America, became a doctor. Um, and then he worked in my high school for my, like, junior, sophomore, junior, senior year. What? And he was just like this guiding light for me. Like he's the reason I graduated high school. Actually, yeah, they was um I was supposed to be I was supposed to repeat high school, like for one more year. Mm. And he was like, yo, he went to all the teachers like, yo, y'all remember how much of a problem Andre Manning is? It was like, yeah. He was like, well, you know, the school's not kicking out holdbacks anymore. They gotta come back here, and they go right back to the teachers that failed them. Said pass his ass. <laughs> it's like get him out of my building Pass him Like I went back to visit And one of the teachers Like I passed you Why are you here mm. And I was like Oh I just came to visit You know um, But he was You know Like I said God bless the day He went back to Jamaica And was murdered um, uh, For reasons unknown mm-hmm. um, But he was someone You know Even after I graduated High school We tried to stay We tried to stay connected We would connect through Facebook He moved to Atlanta And opened a church out there And he would always say When I come up to New York We're gonna hang out boy And he was Jamaican Like so his accent Was heavy 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 And he like He he, he would always tell me That he's gonna um, choke me uh, Like he would just say Random weird shit Like that I'm gonna choke you If you don't listen And I'm like mm. Shut up Whatever Um so yeah, I guess I didn't really come across a real father figure until I was in in high school, um, and I think at that point I was I was almost a lost one, um, and he was kind of the one. He was like my totem, mm. like in, in Inception. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Like he was my yeah. totem. He was the one thing that was like keeping me here and constant. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's that's so awesome. It's, it's interesting, like um, people that come from a different country and they have a completely different life in that country, and then they come here and they, yeah, they become high school teachers or, or whatnot. But they have so much wisdom to yeah. to impart. Um, but let's center back to black fatherhood. Is there like a a stereotype that you, as a dad and as a black man, you're trying to dispel and that we have to raise our children with aggression. Mm. Um, there's there's times when when you deal with people, and even when you deal with your child, you might have to be a bit aggressive. You don't need to be overtly aggressive. You don't need to disrespect your child and call them out their name. You don't need to say, like, if your child is crying and you don't understand why, you don't have to call them out and be like, stop acting like a little bitch. 
You don't like you don't because you t- what you do is you turn around and and you raise a child into into this young person who feels like this ma- these manners and this type of language is suitable for his everyday life and it's okay when people say these type of things. But you can only teach what you or you can only impart what you know. So if you that's grow a, up that's, it, that's even too. see that's the thing. I agree. I agree with you, but at the same time I disagree. See, I have this thing. I believe children children uh, measure themselves by their parents, right? Mm-hmm. Their first superhero is their mom and dad, or their mom or their dad. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Or, or both, right? So based off of what their parents have either accomplished or not accomplished, they measure themselves by, right? My mother smoked cigarettes. Mm-hmm. I've never smoked a cigarette a day in my life. Because, because she told you not to, right? No, because oh, no, you saw she never negative told me. effects. What that's what it was. I was like, my mom was on cigarettes all these, like smoking cigarettes all these times. I would see how she would act it just to get a cigarette. I'm I'm good. I don't want to live that way. My mother was on. Uh, my mother had uh, Section Eight and was on food stamps, and I yeah. felt like she just kind of was satisfied with it at one point. I've never been on. I've never had Section Eight as an adult. I've never had Section Eight. I've never had food stamps, and it's not because I'm prideful, but it's because I measure it based off of how my mother kind of was satisfied with that. And I've always told myself I would never be satisfied, and that was based mm. off of seeing measuring measuring what my mother accomplished, what she didn't accomplish, and what I want to accomplish for myself to help further her legacy. Right? Mm-hmm. My mother went back to school at thirty and got her, her bachelor's. Um, at 35 you know what I'm saying so like now I'm kind of like alright she even got a bachelor's by 35 cool I gotta go get my master's by 33 so you know what I'm saying like yeah. that's how I'm looking at it I'm, so I'm, I'm, I'm so now if you and my mother used to talk to me in a way where it was very disrespectful to me mm-hmm. um, I don't talk to my children in that way because I didn't like it. It never slips or anything that you're like, oh, snap, that, like, something that. You, I mean, you know me personally, so you know I like to joke all the time. So I like much, joke yes. all the time. So, but <laughs> my, my eldest, Albert, likes to joke all the time as well. So I might, he might do something funny, or he might be like acting wild, and I'm like, man, stop being like a little bitch. You know what I'm saying? Like, but we'll, and then we'll laugh at it together because he understands it. And maybe it's wrong. Maybe some people are like, oh, you, you're a terrible father. That's cool, man. I appreciate you calling me a bad father. I'm great, though. Um, but those are just moments where I'm just like, I'm going to be a kid with my kid. Um, and, but as far as being aggressive and, you need to stop acting like a little bitch. You need to, need to yeah. sit down, sit your dumb ass down. Like all that extra stuff. Mm-hmm. I, I can't do it. I don't have the energy to do it. I, I barely even yell. So it's like, um, why? Uh, and those, are, those are things that I didn't like. My mom, that my, that my mom mm-hmm. did that I didn't like. Um, I mean, there's one thing I do that my moms used to always do. And I think every parent should do this at least a couple times. Um, you know, when the remote is like right next to you. Yeah. I'll call yeah. my son from the other room. <laughs> That's what you have kids you know what I'm saying? for. Like, hey, hey, pass me the remote. And it's like, Albert will look at me like, really? <laughs> like, really? Dad, it's right there. Your arms are longer than me. And I'm just like, <laughs> man. I love you. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, that's all you can do is just like, you know, have have those moments and have those enjoy that moment. Because at the end of the day, when my child becomes an adult, I want him to say, you know what? I want to be just like my dad. Mm. You know, um, I never wanted to be just like my dad because he wasn't there. Right. So I remember when when Albert was born, my um, my best friend, who's also Albert's godfather, was like. In this last ten minutes, you've done more than your father has ever done for you for mm-hmm. your son. I looked at him, he's like, you're holding your son, aren't you? 
that's important to me. You know, that's really, really important to me is uh, not to not to do better than my father in vain, but to do better than my father because he deserves it. My son deserves mm-hmm. it. My son deserves to know what it's like to have a, a, a father, a real father, a dad, you know, a best friend, someone that he can turn to and talk to mm-hmm. and joke with and laugh with about anything. I can't wait till he turns 21. I'm going to take him to go get his first legal drink. You know, like those are the moments I'm looking forward to. Um, I'm aware, like I'm so aware of so much different things. Like I'm aware he might try weed one time, or whatever. Like hip drug is. Whatever. He might try weed with you. I don't smoke weed, so oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I don't smoke weed. Um, I might have an edible, but I don't smoke weed. Um, I've uh, when you said like go get your first legal drink. Um, like I feel like after I turn 21, I don't know if it's because mo- both my mom and I drink together now that we are closer, <laughs> mm-hmm. or like because we're more like in a, at a closer level it's, um, um, than than when she was more like a mom, and now yeah. I feel like she's yeah. a f- best friend to it, me. It's this level of I guess because yeah, I'm even like that with my moms. I'm not sure if you've seen me like on the phone with my mother, but like she'll call me and I'll pick up the phone like, "What's good, fam?" And you'd think yeah. I'm talking to like one of my homeboys until you like, "Oh, you talking to me? like what's my mother?" Yeah, and we're like going back and forth, cutting each other's ass, like just talking shit to each other. And it's my mother, but it wasn't like that before. Yeah. Oh, this is my house. These are my rules. You gonna you can't have freedom of speech. Don't exist until you're 21. Freedom of speech don't exist until you're 18. I turned 18. 21. I turned 21, but I moved out by then. So now I really was expressing freedom of speech. Um, but. It's you know it's a it's a certain level of it that I express it in front of her I, like at least not direct directed at her if I'm upset about something I happen to be talking to my mother about it it's like no holes barred like just going in mm-hmm. but I would never direct like any cuss words like direct like ma you being a dumbass yeah. I would, I couldn't do that um, speaking wait. nah yeah I couldn't do it <laughs> I'm trying to think if I said one like trying to be funny but I probably did. Just to be funny, and she just laughed mm-hmm. at it. But my mother, my mother's like, the, trust me, like when it comes to being a jokester, the the fucking fruit does not fall far from the, the apple doesn't fall far from the tree. I wish I can get that from my mom, cause my mom, my mom is the queen of dissing people. Like she would be dissing people that I see in the street or whatever. She comes next to me and she would tell me like, I was. She would tell me like, oh my god, have you have you look at this this? I can't even do it. That's that's how much it is. But I wish that I had I had that from her. Um, but going back to to aggression and 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 all these things, is there? Think about now because you're in the media industry. Um, has there any been? Has there been any um, a good source of like a good role model or a good figure that that you can say? You know what? That's the that's kind of like me or like that's the that's a good example. And and probably somebody who doesn't use aggression to parent. Somebody like a celebrity wise. Like a like a character, like somebody like from either TV or film or book, like in media. Um. Have you ever seen My Wife and Kids? Yeah. With um. With one of the Wayne brothers. Oh yeah, yeah, Damon Wayne's. Yeah, yeah, definitely him. Yeah, like, yeah I yeah. love that show, yeah. and I have an uncle who is a lot like him, mm-hmm. and his kids turn out great. And they always, he 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 has he always provides me with advice too. But he's one of those people that, similarly to the character, he kind of 
is very kind of a little bit like hands off. Mm-hmm. And I see a, I see you as an educator too, where you're you're not holding anybody's hand, but you like let them play with the equipment yeah. and. Mm-hmm. And things like that, but then um, you also like have that serious the, side. So, is there any been like like him or? So yeah, I'm I'm the same way. Even as a parent, like I I'm, a, I'll let you fall. It's okay to fall because then within falling, you'll learn how to get back up, and you'll realize, all right, I don't need a safety net, or I don't need anybody to walk me through this process. And that was something I got from my mom. I was five years old cooking dinner and breakfast for like my brothers, you know, mm-hmm. while my, my youngest brother, he didn't learn how to cook until maybe a couple years ago. Because you always cooked for him. It, but I'm, I'm talking about even after I moved out. Keep in mind, we're seven years apart. So by the time he turned, uh, by the time he turned 14, I moved out the house already. I was already gone. Mm-hmm. So... Um, and that's crazy because I, I literally stuck by something like they was like, oh, by the time you're 21, you should be on your own. And at 21, I was on my own. Um, but uh, for me, I'm looking at like the, uh, Damon's character on my wife and kids. Yeah, I am pretty hands off. I don't know how I'm going to be when they're older. Um, I think because of the way society is set up right now. I think uh, I'm going to be a little more close-knit to them and teaching them, you know, you don't have to fear police or you don't have to fear being black and living in New York City. Like, there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with being black and living in this, you know, in this place. Um, your black is beautiful at the end of the day. And if you've ever been, if you're ever met with aggression from a police officer, handle yourself with pride. Don't be a dickhead about it. But handle yourself with pride mm-hmm. and dignity, and you make sure you make it safe out of that situation. And that same thing applies to when you run into a knucklehead in the street. Handle yourself with pride, and you make sure you make it safe out of the situation. And always teaching them, always make it back home. No matter what are you doing in your life, make it back home. Because... Make it back home literally or, like, figuratively? like Both. Okay. Both. Don't 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 allow yourself to be trapped into a situation where either you're zipped up in a body bag or placed in the back of a car and 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 and, and put inside of a county jail or, mm-hmm. or prison. Make it back home. Make sure you come back home. You're able to hug your mother and father freely. You know. Um, so yeah, at this age where they're at now, it's kind of like make as many mistakes as you want, try as much as you want, um, and. And then you know you'll learn in the process. Did have you ever? Did you ever see the Cosby Show? Or of course, I saw the Cosby Show. What about? I grew up on the Cosby Show. Right. A lot of people would have him pin as like the the father. Not nah. Him. The the problem with the Cosby Show was like he was Heathcliff was too perfect. He didn't do anything wrong. You know, he was like the perfect dad, and that's cool. But everybody but wanted to everybody be his wants, kid, man. Every, yeah, everybody wants to be a Huxtable. But at the end of the day, it was like, you know. I liked Family Matters. Uh, uh, I liked Family Matters more because they dealt with real issues. Okay. That you would deal with as a child. You know what I'm saying? Like there was never a point in time on uh, the uh, the Huxtables, the Cosby Show. Uh, they ever discussed like Theo having sex or Denise having sex mm-hmm. and getting pregnant or Rudy having a boyfriend. No. It was always treated yeah. as a joke, you know, and there was like this funny banter that surrounded it. While on Family Matters, when these themes came up, it was like a serious theme. When, you know, even with bullying, 
when did they really discuss bullying on the Cosby show and how a dad handles bullying? But on Family Matters, they did. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, um, and all of those things matter. You know, I, I don't say, don't, don't get me wrong, Cosby show was a great show for its time, but it was a facade. It was a facade, especially because they're living in Chicago on top of that. Did you ever watch um, uh, Fresh Prince? And of that, course, that's my favorite show. Yeah, favorite. what and the the episodes, the few episodes where his dad was present, mm-hmm. it was always like a, a disappointment at yep. the end, and then he had to have his uncle mm-hmm. by marriage. It wasn't that case, even his. I it mean, was, it was his yeah, uncle. Was, that was his, was uncle. his uncle. He was raised, yeah. Um, and then they they deal with a lot too because they mm-hmm. also dealt with like the uncle being a. Of, of a different class too from mm-hmm. where Will came from mm-hmm. and him saying like well you're not well, really black be, or you're like be, you're not really being you know, of a different class yeah. because he worked his way to there remember the yeah. uncle was from Philly as well he grew right. up on but the streets he, of Philly but well. he had to like teach that yeah. to Will who was like well now that you are living in this fancy mansion like you've forgotten about mm-hmm. the black struggle or, or yeah. all of that stuff but then That's it also reminded show. he had to remind him as well like yeah I'm a black man who's a judge who worked yeah. away from being a lawyer yeah I'm away from the black struggle but I, I got a new black struggle he um it's a little similar to um I don't know if you've seen I, I think you didn't you told me you didn't like it uh blackish no nah, I don't like blackish you don't like blackish no, I think it's corny why it just looks stupid like I watched a couple episodes, it was it was like ah, this is cool, but I'm gonna pass on this one. I've I've heard that it's pretty it's pretty solid. What is it like on its fourth fifth season or some shit like that? I think it's fourth. Yeah, it's cool. I'm I'm not a fan. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm not a fan. Um. So one of the last questions I have here is about um, do you practice feminism and and are you passing this down? Mm-hmm. Um. I I know. You know, you've had like you you grew up with with a mom, mm-hmm. um, and you, you said you had a sister as well. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you, how are you passing on respect for for women mm-hmm. to your kids? And and but your little boy is only like five or six years old. Mm-hmm. So, but you have to start them young. So, mm-hmm. have you told them anything about girls? Or? Um, I mean, they're at the age where girls got co- have cooties, right? So they're not really like trying to figure out, oh, this is how I should be. At this age, at this age, girls are actually more aggressive than boys. Like they hit and pick on boys at this age, right? And they're all usually taller than boys. And, and, and yeah, Albert is short. So like most of the girls in his class is either his height, a little bit shorter or taller than him. So it's either cooties or they're getting picked on. Like I found out Albert's getting picked on in school and I was like, where the little boy at? And it was like that little girl right there. And I was like, Oh man! What do you do, right? As far as um, I don't, I don't. I guess you can say I practice feminism, but I'm not a feminist. I, I'm not gonna sit here and go, I'm a male feminist or something like that. Um, okay. I feel like you see, I like with Black Lives Matters. That's my thing. You get what I'm saying? Like that's my thing. Me as a black man, and anyone who is not a black man that gets involved, and this might be ignorance on my part, but anyone who not gets in, who's not an African-American man or, or whatever where you're from, or a black man, let's just say a black man yeah. in general, and they get involved, it's kind of like, um, yeah, Black Lives Matter, I'm, about, I'm a Black Lives Matter activist. No, you're not. You're a Black Lives Matter believer. But the, re- the realization is, is that you are not the forefront of this situation. So really... You can be you're you're helping the movement, but you're like not ally. you're not a, yeah, but you're not affected. 
okay. by the movement. I can see um, that. But what about black women? Oh, no. Black women are all the way in. Okay. Because you said... If you're not a black man. Oh no, I mean I'm talking about me as a man. Yeah, all right, I get what okay. you're saying. No, I'm not. I'm not removing women. I'm not removing black women. I'm not m- removing black queers like many other people try to do. Everyone, you're you're black. Even Hispanics. Like I feel like you guys are black people too. People of color. But, you know what I'm saying? Like it's people of color. I'm talking about like the, the white people. <laughs> like once you're like a white person tries to get too far involved. So like with feminism, I feel like there's too many men trying to like infiltrate the movement. And it's becoming like, I'm a male feminist. And it's like, bro, can they like have something to themselves without us trying to be a part of this? We need more men to do this for male feminism or more men need to do this for feminism. And it's like, yo, bro, the people who should be dictating this are women, not us. We should be sitting back and saying, where do you need us to be? What do you need us to do? We should not be the voice of feminism. Men, and and, and the point, as from what, because I I got on Facebook one day and I said, uh, what is feminism? Mm -hmm. Plain and simple. And I let everybody, you know, respond to it. And it was like, just learning, like, you know, it's just about equality. While some people think it's about hatred towards men. It's not. Mm -hmm. Then I learned about white feminism and black feminism or people, or, or colored feminism. And I was just like, oh, this is crazy. So white feminism, they don't give a fuck about us. So, oh, shit. So, like, it really started to, like, really blow my mind. So, as far as I go, I believe everyone should have equality, point blank, period. Um, And I think the scariest thing and the worst thing is being a feminist and a feminist as a person of color. Yeah. Because you're fucked twice. But then the the, 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 the the scariest, scariest thing on top of that is being a feminist, a person of color, and queer. Yeah. Because everything is against you. So it's weird because I know a lot of people don't like the way Cuba is ran where everyone supposedly is like equal. Right. But you know, there's levels to it. Like people on higher tiers get more, right? Um, you remember the book The Giver? Yes. If we could live in a society, well, still dealing with heartache and pain and stuff like that, but we would never have that type of society because somebody always wants to be better than the other. Um, and it, it comes down to a place where, um, how how do you have equality when when? the nation was never built on equality or nothing was ever built on equality. Yeah. It was always built on the backs of somebody else. But then, And then at the same time where we've come to a place where women have fought for uh, voting rights, have fought, fought for uh, higher pay wages numerous times, mm-hmm. why is it that you know women are still fighting for things that should already be in play. Why is, why is, like, I know so many women who do better jobs than, you do a better job than me, like, 10 times the fold. You know what I'm saying? Like, so, does that mean that you should be getting less money? Or, you know, we, if the pay isn't equal, it should be more. Yeah, I am the... And you shouldn't have to, you shouldn't have to beg and fight and claw for it. If you can do the job, if you can put the work in, you should get the, you should get yeah. the right payment for it. Um, you should get the right respect for it. Um, I'm not a big fan of like, 
I won't sit down and go, I don't say like bitches, hoes, and skanks. I'm not going to sit down and pretend like I don't say it. I do say it. These are words that I do say. Um, and these are most likely words like I'll say in a record. Um, so I'm not perfect. That's why I can't sit down and go like, I'm a feminist. I'm all about mm-hmm. this, that, and third. This is what I'm going to do. Because at the same time, I'm also like when I see men that, that I know doing this, like my peers doing it, I, I don't believe in it. I think it's fake. I think it's fake as fuck and that they're doing it for the sake of uh, blending in and, and, and appeasing those around them. Come on. Yeah, I think um, similar to Black Lives Matters, what it reminds me of is the fact that a lot, a lot of people think, oh, well, I believe that everybody should be equal. Mm-hmm. And that's all great. But at this particular moment in time, there's a group that's being oppressed more than mm-hmm. the other. And that group just deserves this like little piece of attention. Yeah. That's 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 the the whole thing. And, and and I don't think it should be, you know, you know, like like the giver or like communism where everything is the same because then, you know, uh, freedom of expression and art are not right, there. Yeah. But um, this is something I actually learned here when it comes to like when, when you say like, oh, I um, I'm colorblind right where it's like oh i, I don't see i see every no well you, yeah. th- th- that's the thing it's like everybody's equal and, or like i'm gender blind i don't see gender and it's like no it's about having it there and celebrating differences not making sure that everything is the same it's yeah. more of like okay well i know that i physically can't i don't know lift something that maybe you can or or whatnot even then because like there's female bodybuilders too yeah there and is. i know that there's like different chemistry and and biology but we are much more the same than we are different at the end of the day we're human beings and just as men cheat women cheat just as men um you know are i don't know more sexually aggressive i i've seen women that are sexually aggressive too so um, I just had a whole podcast on like feminism and sexuality and it's like you know uh, for a lot of people we are either have to be a Madonna or a whore that's like the yeah, the dichotomy and that's what I'm saying like we should have as many the same freedoms that you guys have mm-hmm. we should have um, as well and I, and I hope that you know when uh, Oliver and Aiden get to that phase where m- maybe I don't know maybe they like boys or girls or whatever it is that they um you know what's funny? I'm a weird, like I'm 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 such a weird person when it comes to like like when you mentioned like whether they're like boys or girls, I'm like oh yeah I'm I'm pre- kind of prepared for one of my sons to come and tell me like hey dad I'm gay, and I want to be like able to go and I support you, <laughs> like yeah. rather than like oh no how because dare you when they're gonna ask you for advice on like relationship or whatever at the end of the day it's the same mm-hmm. damn thing mm-hmm. you know it's the same it's the it's the same thing, um, so. Uh, Dre, I really enjoyed our, our conversation about about uh, black fatherhood and, and Thank you. um, your stories about the way you grew up and everything. Um, I, I want to give the audience a little sample of your music. And you said you're gonna yes. you're gonna you're gonna give me. I'm gonna give you a record. Um, you're gonna give me a record. Yeah, yeah. So, where can people find your music and what is your what's your genre? Um, I rap. I'm just a hip hop artist. I don't. I rap. I tell my story. I guess I'm a storyteller. So yeah. So yeah, I'm a rapper. Point. There's no fake. I'm a rock star. There's no. I'm a rapper. I rap. I do hip hop. Um, and I just tell my story in the best way I know how. Um, you can check out my music on SoundCloud.com backslash Dre Manning. Um, you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram. Same thing. Uh, actually, it's uh, Twitter.com 
Dre backs.com backslash what the fuck <laughs> twitter.com backslash Dre underscore Manning and the same thing with Instagram and yeah you don't need the rest cool I'm gonna put all, um, all the links down below for you guys and I'm and I'm putting also um, a sample of your record um, yeah. at the end of this at the end of this interview for you guys as well um I really had. I, I actually. I feel like I know you better or a little bit more now. Even yeah. though we've been we've been working together, you guys, for almost, almost a year. A year. Mm -hmm. um, we're both uh, media educators. No, I'm um, not a media educator. I'm a media maker. A media maker and educator here, and so it, it's like we we always talk about these topics, but we never. I guess like we never dissect them as mm. we've done today. So I'm I'm very happy that I got to know you a little better. And you're welcome. Yes. <laughs> Good you. Give me a little bit of your confidence. Like put it in a little pie and like make me eat it. Well, okay. That was that was interesting. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, so, like you know how this like humble pie, <laughs> right? But make right. me a confidence pie. Okay. Yeah. Um, but thank you guys for listening and um, stay tuned for another episode of Mixing It Up with Maggie. What up with it? This is Dre Manning. I want to thank you for checking out Mixing Up with Maggie featuring myself. As a little incentive, I figured I'd let you guys hear my new record, Hallway Talk. Check it out. Videos coming very soon. Peace. Look. Running, 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 running miles like I'm up to something. My baby boy in that background and this fist pumping. My baby mama like go Dre boy cut the front. I'm a common man, baby girl. Call me David Ruffin. Low key with my OGs, we polyed up. That's CC Dub, that's Louis D, that's Kilo, huh? We been waiting, 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 waiting. Now we hurting niggas' feelings, huh? Dirty niggas, dirty, dirty niggas, we gon' rush the build on life Fuck it, I get it, I got it, I'm rapping the niggas with logic I was birthed in the projects, the prophet, a gift from the star, you departed I don't need go where my heart is, I just give you everything that I got I ain't tryna be nothing, I'm not This is my time, this is my time, I swear to God, dog, it's coming right now nah. Past days, I've been thinking about past days Think about where I came from and where I'm going these last days Been flying by so fast late, my niggas screaming go hard, Dre These niggas see a superstar, my favorite legacy is Andre Trap talk, trap talk, all I hear is this trap talk This rap game filled with dope heads, eating bath salt, sucking asphalt This is dirty nigga that you asked for, running numbers on the dashboard I'm Chef Curry with this rap thing, half court, no backboard I'm stay up, way up, way up, way up. I'm also Way up, way up, I'm feeling way up, way up, way up, I'm also way up, way up. I was the nigga before, I be that nigga again. I was that nigga before, I be that nigga again. I'm feeling way up, way up, I'm feeling way up, way up. Damn.